BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Straight ahead on The Insiders, two Republicans have already said that they will run against President Donald Trump in the primary next year. A third is here because he's thinking about it. Former South Carolina Governor Mark Sanford will join us on why he is thinking about doing this. Plus, a retired Navy admiral is thinking about this Republican senator. Hear why Michael Franken is joining the Democratic race for Senate now. And in The Insiders Quick Six, the math behind tax cuts. Welcome to The Insiders. About two dozen Democrats have been campaigning all over our state for a while now, arguing why they believe President Trump should be a one-term president. Former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld came here a couple of weeks ago as a Republican to make his own argument on that. Well, now another Republican is in the state because he is also not satisfied with the president. Mark Sanford served two different stints in Congress and was also a two-term governor of South Carolina. Thanks for being with us. Pleasure. Uh, I would assume now that you know Iowa is the Hawkeye State, right? Yeah, I think I got that one. Uh, yeah. A little Buckeye yeah. State probably won't ever do that again, eh? Well, you, you own what you own. You, you got all these volunteers helping out in different ways, and you're like, oh, my goodness, no. But you own it, so, uh, yeah. And the volunteers are still with us. Okay, yeah. nice of you. All right, let's get to this. Let's get this out of the way first. Obviously, as you know, people Google you, they think they see what happened in the past, right? Sure. All right. So um, are you a changed man? How do you look at what that experience was like, what it was like for your family, who you are now? Uh, it was searing. Uh, there's nothing like public failure to cause more than its share of introspection. Um, and I, I think, again, not in any way making right wrong you can actually grow and um, develop as a human being in the wake of, of failure, and particularly public failure. Two of the big takeaways for me was a level of humility that I didn't have before that I think is invaluable in terms of my leadership capacity going forward. And the other is empathy. Um, you look at, at failure in a different way when you, you, you've been through it yourself. So I, I think it's made me a better human being. Um, I believe in the Christian notion of of, of, of repentance and turning from one's ways and again learning from that as you go forward I think it's in something of a contrast to what the president has said wherein he says I regret nothing I've ever done I think most of us realize the degree to which we all have feet of clay and we all wish we could push rewind play on different chapters of life uh, marriages don't work out all over our country but when you're in public office everybody knows about it sure. so how did you get your kids through this um, imperfectly. It was a tough chapter. But what I'd say is I, you know, everybody's most proud of their own uh, sons or daughters. I have four incredibly great sons. We're a great spot. Um, but I put them through some pain and we've had, needless to say, conversations that you probably didn't want to have at the ages that they, they were at. And we've had subsequent conversations about life and about marriage, about relationship, about a whole bunch of different things in its wake. All right, let's talk about uh, some other conversations here. Uh, I just saw Ohio's former governor, a guy you know, John Kasich, has said at this point he didn't really see a path to defeating Donald Trump. So how do you view your own potential path? I think John's probably right. If you look at the history of these things going back to the 1950s, it hadn't necessarily worked out particularly well for the person challenging a sitting president uh, in their party. 
Um, but it has worked out well for the American taxpayer oftentimes and for the American voter because at times we need to have a conversation about what we're about as a party. And in every one of those instances, either they have changed the course of the debate or in some cases they've changed the electoral consequence of when you move to the general election. Uh, I don't hear many uh, folks who've had elected office. It, it sounds listening to you. You're not saying I'm in it to win it. You're, you may be in it for something else. Is that yeah, fair I, to I, I've, I've said, I know. I've said from the very beginning, my objective, my first objective would be uh, to educate and raise awareness on the significance of this debt and deficit and spending problem that we have in Washington, D.C. We're going to go over the cliff, and it's going to have implications whether you're a farmer in Iowa, whether you're cutting timber in New Hampshire, or whether you're working on a shrimp boat in South Carolina. We are playing with real fire with regard to our financial position as a country. This spending and debt is going to kill us if we don't watch out. And that would be the primary focus of where I'd come in from. And then you hope maybe, you know, it goes from there and you have the shot of not just educating and talking about it, but actually doing something about it. Uh, you were talking about the farmers, as you well know, uh, folks in this state are pretty fired up at the president right now as he has allowed these additional waivers for oil refineries, these 31 additional ones that they just approved about a week or so ago. Uh, Senator Chuck Grassley was pretty blunt about this and said they screwed us mm -hmm. in, these, in this decision. Um, what's, why did this happen and what would you do differently? What well, I think we it do? goes to the heart of trust. I mean, at times the president has had a fairly casual relationship with the truth. And, and he'll say one thing to one audience and another thing to a different audience and change tunes in the course of a day or in the course of an hour. Um, I think that when you think about the farmers, at least that I know in South Carolina, and I'll, if I get into this race, I'll come to know uh, farmers in Iowa, they're plain spoken and straightforward. And your word is your bond. You look somebody in the eye, you give somebody a handshake, and you move on. Um, and I think that there's a deeper issue than simply the 31 waivers, which happens to be three times what even the Obama administration granted. It is the going back of what he said in the campaign with regard to what he would do on ethanol in terms of protecting the farmer on that front. And it's, it's consistent with other things. I mean, he's the guy that said, if I get elected president, I will eliminate the debt in the eight years that I might be in office. Instead, we're seeing record levels on, on debt and deficit. Uh, so how do you decide as president, he's, he's saying that he's protecting those small oil refineries and trying to look out for Iowa farmers at the same time. You can't have your cake and eat it too in politics. Welcome to politics. Politics is, I remember going to Jim Edwards. He, I went to each of the former governors that were alive when I got elected governor, and I went to them and said, look, I'd, I'd love to get a few pearls of wisdom from you. Never done this before. You have. And uh, one of them, Jim Edwards, who's unfortunately deceased now, great guy, he said, you better start making friends now. Because from the moment you come in the office, you're going to start losing friends because every decision you make has two sides to it. And you can make some groups happy and you make other groups unhappy with that decision. But that's the nature of real politics. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. And at times, that's what this president has done. Uh, you have a lot of service members back home in South Carolina. Obviously, uh, what about this president, uh, the president's decision here at this point? It looks like he would not automatically grant U.S. citizenship to children born abroad, children of our service members when they're serving abroad. I think that's crazy. I mean, whether it's John McCain, who happened to be born in Panama, uh, or um, 
you know, my, my mother uh, uh, actually was born in San Francisco, but it could have been within a couple of weeks she would have been born in the Philippines because her father was career army, and she grew up as a child in Corregidor prior to World War II, and the Japanese taken, you know, the Philippines. And so I, I think that that's at odds. I mean, this is one of the problems with the president, which is people elected him because they saw him as sort of chemotherapy in the political system. He'll break and change things. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, and too much of what he's doing does that. And so if we have a well-established tradition wherein if a service member happens to be born abroad because they're American citizens, we've granted them citizenship without batting an eye because it's consistent with what the Constitution said on that front, or again, legal scholars' interpretation of the Constitution on that front. To challenge that, again, is at odds with a great tradition. When, and he's disrupting a number of great traditions as he challenges others that aren't working. We have less than a minute, but I've got to ask about money here. Back when you were governor, you got beat up a bit about turning down some of the federal stimulus money, right? As you look at the I was way the first governor of the country to turn it back. And as you look at the way Republicans, when they controlled everything here, are spending money here, and we're now looking at a trillion dollars in deficits for next year, how do you, how do you look at that? Why do, how does that happen when you have a party that runs on fiscal control? We're not. It's gone, uh, again, it was a linchpin to what the Republican Party was all about. And it's the contention of my campaign, if I get in, that those folks are still there. They still care about that issue. But it's the three monkeys in Washington, and particularly given the president has said, I'll not deal with the very drivers of debt and spending as a consequence, legislators don't. Uh, what's your time frame here about decision? Uh, you know, within the next you know, week or so, I said in or around Labor Day. Okay. All right, if you'll stand back here, we'll yes, come sir. back to you for the quick six. When we come back, though, career military leader on where he thinks another military leader, in this case, Senator Joni Ernst, has gone wrong and why he wants to defeat her next year. We'll hear from him next. Teresa Greenfield of Windsor Heights, Kimberly Graham of Des Moines, and Eddie Morrow of Des Moines have been campaigning for months for the Democratic nomination for the U.S. Senate. They want the right to take on Republican incumbent Joni Ernst next year. Retired Navy Admiral Michael Franken just joined this race, and I asked him what's important here, what's more important, defeating Ernst or giving Democrats control of the U.S. Senate in 2021. Denude some bad decision-making by controlling the Senate. So one is a, is, a, is a result of the second. So uh, either situation, uh, you can cull the bad decision making. And I think it's clear that special interests and rather vacuous near-term desires of the Republican Party have hurt Iowans. And, uh, and I, I leave it to the, uh, the viewers to say, you know what, that guy's right. Because of, you mentioned timing a few times, because of your timing, you have some other candidates that are already out there. Teresa Greenfield, for one, mm -hmm. who's picked up some pretty significant endorsements when you're talking about Congressman Dave Loebsack and First Lady Christy Vilsack. Do those things mm -hmm. matter? I think they're, uh, it's, it's a nice to have. Uh, I wasn't a candidate. And so, so I don't view that as a, as a detraction to myself. Uh, it's maybe a lost opportunity, some would say. But the, the, the vote is not there yet. And um, I'm happy to, to go toe-to-toe -to -toe and talk about the issues, travel the state, be on a listening mode, 
let people know who I am, let them realize that uh, I offer a different solution set. I've got a thick resume, and uh, I, I bring a, a multitude from an analytical perspective to a planning perspective. I've got experience in Washington, D.C. Uh, I've got more years working in Washington, D.C. than, um, than Joni Ernst has. So I think it would be, uh, I think my, my solution sets and my vitality would be helpful. It is often helpful to raise a ton of money. It makes for running for a statewide office a lot easier, right? Are you going to be a candidate who commits to raising a lot of money, or are you going to do this and attempt to win in a different way? Well, you, you have to make payroll. And as, as in anything important in life, you really can't do alone. So I've been fortunate in, in putting together a small, albeit very professional, staff. Uh, we will raise enough money to ensure that each citizen in the state of Iowa has an opportunity to come see us and I have an opportunity to see them, shake their hand. I would like to understand what is most important to them and offer solution sets potentially and uh, also log policy initiatives that I can set about in a first 90-day agenda. Is there, is there one issue you're particularly passionate about or a combination? Well, I, I think under the broad chapeau of quality of life, a believable future for Iowans, a nation that's respected on the international, uh, in the international environment, uh, a climate change is a climate crisis, frankly, which although it's, this is a catastrophe occurring in slow motion, we need to be aware of it and we need to, uh, to act now. All right, up next, Medicare for All, something else. Franken talks healthcare plus that other Franken, next. So what about healthcare? Here is U.S. Senate candidate Michael Franken on what he wants to do. It's early, I will, uh, I will formulate a, I mean, there's the, the position papers on this, and I've spent a lot of time in think tanks in Washington, D.C., are uh, extensive. And, uh, and I'll, I'll bide my time before I come out with something forward. And it's early enough. I'll, uh, I've got a year. How do you, how do you navigate this path forward? Um, is it focusing on Senator Ernst? Is it focusing on the president? Is it focusing on yourself? As a, as a newbie to this, right? Yeah. I mean, you'll have a, an additional hurdle just saying, hey, here I, you know, here's who I am, that some other folks maybe wouldn't have to do that in other races that sure. we've seen over the years. Well, the, most of the state of Iowa doesn't know about Mike Franken. In my line of work, it's not something you would advertise. And you're not you the do. comedian. No. The former comedian. I'm not the comedian. Share the last name. Proud of Franken. It's a good name. Uh, and, but, uh, so I will... <laughs> my, I will, I will do my very best to ensure that uh, I, I work a smart campaign, and um, and that I'm uh, uh, I, I'm seen by the by the citizens of Iowa, and they'll ultimately have the opportunity. I, I'm I'm uh, very confident that the Iowa voter is a s smart, 
um, well-versed individual who will see who's the best person to beat Joni Ernst. One of the four candidates running against Ernst. Up next, why Tom Vilsack told us that he's spending his days in the dairy business. Tom Vilsack has been warning about the dangers of the president's trade war with China, the damage to ethanol industries because of his increased use of waivers for oil refineries. And Vilsack's always talking about the need to remember rural America. But his main job is to represent dairy on a worldwide stage as the head of the U.S. Dairy Export Council. Here's why. Three reasons. Number one, uh, I like the products and consume a great deal of them. Uh, number two, uh, this is an industry that is uh, incredibly family-oriented. Uh, I thought I understood that before I took the job. I, I clearly understand it now. Uh, and given uh, what has happened in my family, uh, I couldn't have found a better place to be uh, during a pretty difficult time for us. Uh, very family-oriented. And then three, I think this is a, this is a group and an industry that's very progressive from the standpoint of looking at innovation, uh, this company may have started with just plain old milk, but you look over there and you all come back on Thursday. What time? What time? 11 o'clock. <laughs> come back at 11 o'clock on Thursdays and you can sample virtually all of that. Uh, and it's an incredibly uh, diverse industry. Uh, when you go home, if any of you have flat screen TVs, you probably don't realize, but you've got dairy products in that flat screen TV uh, in addition to your fridge. Uh, and you mentioned weight, weight, health and wellness, big opportunity as well uh, for the dairy industry. So it's an innovative industry and it's exciting, an exciting time. You might remember that family tragedy. The secretary was talking about his granddaughter, Ella, died unexpectedly back in 2017, which was an awful situation back then. When we come back, Governor Sanford will return for the Insider's Quick Six. Back with Governor Mark Sanford for the Insider's Quick Six. All right, sir, question one. Do tax cuts pay for themselves? Not always. Uh, question two. Is President Trump a racist, as some have alleged? Some of his behavior has been bizarre. I, I, I don't judge another man's heart as to whether they're racist or not. Question three. The president has raised the unfounded um, speculation that wind turbines can cause cancer from the sound they make. Do you have any concerns about wind turbines? I don't. I think we need to look at more in the way of renewables. Uh, question four. You served with Congressman Steve King. He's running in a, in a competitive primary to try to hold on to a seat next year. Would you vote for him if you lived in that district? I don't. That's for folks in Iowa to decide. Uh, question five. You mentioned early in the show that the president had said he could balance a budget uh, within his two terms here. What is it? What's practical? What is practical to What's look practical at? is, first of all, leading on it. That means talking and focusing on a way that we're not. Two, then offering options. I think that something like the penny plan, which is to say let's take a penny from every dollar out there, if we actually saw it as a systemic threat to our country, which is what Admiral Mike Mullen, the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, has described it as, I think we'd get in the boat together. But until then, it's urban versus rural, Republican versus Democrat, and go down the list. But we'd be, it, we'd be like a decade away at least, wouldn't we even do it? No, that balance the budget in five years. It takes the power of compounding and rather toward growing government, it puts it toward decreasing government, and it makes the Congress make a decision with regard to targeted cuts. All right, we always end the show with a prediction. What do you have? My prediction is that if we don't get our financial house in order, we're, we will go through the likes of a Great Depression. 
I think that our numbers are that dire. I think that we're in the most precarious financial position that we've been in since the start of our republic, the Civil War and the Great Depression. And I think that's why we have to focus on the debt and the deficit and the spending that's driving both, which is not a part of the conversation on the Democratic side or the Republican side right now. All right, Governor. Appreciate the time. If you end up running, hope you'll come back. Yes, sir. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Let's stay connected throughout the week. We'll see you next time for The Insiders. Thank you.